Hello and welcome to the Since I Last Saw You podcast. My name is Jacinta Adubedu, and on this show, I will be interviewing some really creative people to better understand their art form and unpack the creative process behind their work. I will also be providing some commentary on social issues to kickstart meaningful conversations and continue ongoing ones. Since I last saw you guys, I spoke about statues, monuments, flags, and shit, which in fact was the name of the last episode. Today I'll be talking about self-identification and the ways it can breed misunderstanding and stifle communication. Just to preface, this episode is not a direct response to anything that has happened recently, or at least anything that has aired on the news. I had an encounter and I thought I'd use this opportunity to hopefully kickstart a conversation around the topic. So from listening to my past episodes, y'all know how I like to start things off with a story, and in this episode, things are no different. At a recent virtual networking event, a young lady said something that got me thinking. And what she said eventually became the jumping off point for the content of this episode. So the premise of the episode was to socialize with one another like we would have done if the event had been in person. So everyone is taking turns introducing themselves, you know, name, year, major, fun fact, the basics. And when it's this young lady's turn, she says the regular stuff. But then she goes on to characterize herself as a black queer woman, kind of weaving it into her intro. And right after that, there's some silence. And then the next person continues. Mind you, this silence could have been unrelated to what she said because we were all on a Google Hangout. So you know how awkward silences kind of creep their way into virtual calls. Anyway, after our session, I reached out to her privately and after exchanging pleasantries and getting past the highs and the hellos and the how are yous, I eventually found a way to ask her why she felt it necessary to include that in her intro, right? And this was not to say that she was doing too much. I was just curious because everyone is giving plain vanilla intros. So we ended up talking about how these two things, her blackness and her queerness, were parts of her she never thought twice about or I guess, better put, parts of her she never publicly announced. So she mentioned that in her experiences, these were the two things that I guess once people found out about her, they began to treat her differently for. So the treatment was not always negative, just different from before they knew, right? To paint a picture, she does not look like a black queer woman. Not that, you know, there's a quintessential way a black queer woman looks or there's a particular standard for what a black queer woman should look like. It's just that she doesn't look like Wanda Sykes or Lena Waithe or Janelle Monet or whatever black queer woman comes to your mind. My point is her sexual preference is not obvious by looking at her and neither is her blackness, which got us talking about passing in the racial context. And that was a very informative conversation in and of itself. After this conversation, I was thinking this young woman is a collection of different characteristics, traits, qualities, whatever word you want to use for the idea that there is just more to her than just her queerness and blackness. So why would she pick these two things as her brand? Or someone can ask the question, why not? And this is not really a conversation about disregarding labels or not wanting to pigeonhole yourself. It's the exact opposite right? She could have characterized herself as an avid reader, you know, a first-gen college student, a toxic individual, I don't know. Assuming all these things are correct, 
why is it her queerness and blackness that she wants to tell the story about her? Now, thinking about that got me thinking about my self-identity and the ways I verbally and non-verbally communicate my story about me to you or just, I guess, in general, other people. So this episode is titled, To Thine Own Self Be True. And that's a quote from Shakespeare's Hamlet. And without getting too deep into the plot and exposing myself as a Shakespeare enthusiast, there's a guy, Polonius, who's about to go on this trip. And before he leaves, he has a little one-on-one with his son, Laertes. And during the conversation, he says, This, above all, to thine own self be true, yada, yada, yada. Thou canst then not be false to any man, end quote. So literature buffs have dissected this quote and based on time, context, the personas of the characters, and a whole bunch of other stuff have come up with different meanings for the line. But generally, people take it to mean that you are only honest with other people when you are first honest with yourself. Now, I know she's going to be listening to this episode and she can tell me if I'm way off or if I hit the mark, but deciding that you would want to self-identify with something so much so that it finds a way to show even when you introduce yourself to people for the first time, at least in my mind, has to come from a place of understanding and acceptance within yourself, right? You have to actively decide this is something that I want to do. Not saying that this information about her queerness and her blackness were things she didn't acknowledge about herself previously or were things that she thought was not anybody's business or just never came up in conversation unless somebody asked, right? Whatever the reason, and y'all can tell me if I'm reading too much into this, people self-identify as different things for different reasons and we could never possibly list all these reasons, right? But publicly self-identifying as something takes the little story about you that is within you and turns it into something real and cemented, something concrete for everyone watching from the outside. So while prepping for this episode, my friend sent me something on Instagram, so I clicked on it, and it was a quote by Aisha Akanbi, which said, The fixation with your identity limits your identity. I began to wonder, and I invite y'all to wander along with me, at what point does a person's desire to self-identify with something cross the line from an awareness of oneself to fixation where they become unmovable and unshakable, right? And is that fixation necessarily a negative thing? So far, I've talked about self-identification and I think I'm going to jump off from the concept of fixation and dive into how self-identification can breed misunderstanding and stifle communication. I think, and again, let me know if y'all think I'm reading too much into this, I think that when somebody publicly self-identifies with a belief or something that is a physical characteristic of theirs or a trait or whatever have you, they contribute to a social event. And by social events, let's say, let's assume for shits and giggles, I say that I'm a Trump supporter. Or I don't even say it, right? I just don a Make America Great Again hat or Trump 2020 t-shirt or whatever apparel lets you know that I'm a Trump supporter, right? This action in and of itself is not wrong, but it is controversial. And I use the word controversial because it denotes that 
there might be some sort of public debate that might ensue because of my decision to don whatever Trump apparel that I decide to put on, right? So I might get a few handshakes or nods of approval from fellow Trump supporters that I meet outside because, you know, they support me and what I'm doing and we support the same person or just because it takes some guts to wear Trump apparel outside. Well, depending on what state you're in. Just because Trump is a controversial figure, right? And we all know this. I also might get heckled at or experience some negative reaction, but this is outside and nobody is trying to stop me and have a chat with me. At least I hope. Let's take the scenario online. I post a picture of me donning Trump apparel and giving the demographic of followers that I have now. And the fact that the people who follow me know me somewhat better than a complete stranger I assume some comments that I might receive will be something along the lines of a black person supporting Trump, man, what a coon, or a woman supporting Trump, don't you know what this man has said about women, or the fact that I'm a Ghanaian-born immigrant, don't you know what this man has said about immigrants and shithole countries, honestly, the list goes on and on, and all this is said as if to say I might be, you know, somewhat stupid or unaware of the implications of what it is for me to say that I am a Trump supporter, right? And to continue with the whole social event phenomenon I mentioned previously, suddenly, my decision to publicly support Trump has created a PSA, a public service announcement, where Trump supporters will now gravitate towards me and non-Trump supporters might move away. I don't know why I used this example, but I think it's a scenario we may have all probably heard of or witnessed before but with this example and everything that i said before i don't say these things you know to say that it's bad to publicly self-identify it's not the idea that because of your self-identity you have a particular lens through which you see things and that lens prohibits you from seeing things any other way because to you there is no other way is what's bad right this also works on the flip side So, for instance, like the story I started this episode with, I say I'm a Christian woman. I publicly announce that I'm a Christian woman, right? I self-identify, publicly self-identify that I'm a Christian woman. Someone who does not share these beliefs might just make a persona or characterize me in a fashion because of my beliefs, one. Two, they might also have an idea of how I might treat them or react to them because of my beliefs without so much as having met me. And right there, without any interaction, without any thought, an assumption, a misunderstanding perhaps has stopped us from having a conversation that could have led somewhere, right? And it's not just supposed to be some profound conversation that we could have had. It probably just stops us from even considering each other as people we would generally speak to or say hi or hello to, right? And this is where... Aisha Akambi says something that I think more people need to realize. She says, not only can I disagree with you and still like you, I can dislike you and still love you. The last part, I can dislike you and still love you. That's the part we struggle with as a society, or at least I think we struggle with as a society, and y'all might disagree, right? The point of this is not to say that we should all suddenly become friends and gather around a campfire and sing a campfire song. No. Am I saying go around and try talking to everybody you see to better understand them? No. There is a reason for self-identification. 
We derive friendship and community from those who identify with us, right? We feel safe with people who identify with us because they feel familiar to us and we can relate with them. And even though there's nothing wrong with our desire for a community, we find ourselves making assumptions about even the people we group ourselves with because we don't take the time to ask meaningful questions. We don't take the time to get to know these people beyond the group. We don't see them as individuals who are allowed to have ideas and beliefs that to us might conflict with their very membership within our group. The flip side of belonging to a group is there might be another group in direct opposition to yours. And in this situation where it seems like it's an us versus them type thing that's going on, we tend to double down within our respective groups and say something along the lines of, if you don't see it X way, then you're not really for us which creates a situation of groupthink, which doesn't help anybody. The point is, who we are physically, just as people in general, when we strip away beliefs and ideas, should not be a potential threat to anyone. There is no reason why a white man on his own, or a black woman on her own, or a black man, anybody in general, on their own, should be a threat to anyone. Shit starts to go left not when ideals and beliefs come into the mix, It's the way we act on those ideas and beliefs, right? And the ways we treat people that don't share those ideas, ideals, whatever, and beliefs. I know I said previously that this episode was not a response to anything happening recently, but I can't help but think that given all the conversations that were happening after George Floyd's death, rest in peace, King. We did a lot of the not only can I disagree with you and still like you part, which is important, right? But we didn't do the I can dislike you and still love you part. And truth be told, I don't know how we would go about doing that. I have some ideas, y'all probably have some ideas, but I really truly don't know. But I know for a fact that looking beyond people's identities can help. And when I say looking beyond people's identities, I don't mean, for example, when it comes to race, People have said something along the lines of, I don't see color. I don't mean that. I mean, finding a way to commune with each other where the baseline is intolerance and understanding that accepting people does not mean that you give up on your beliefs or the way you see things. By all means, continue to advocate for yourself and your ideas and your beliefs, but understand that if the world does not match your idea of what the world ought to look like, that does not make your identity that much less valuable or truthful. And what I'm saying also isn't a cop-out or isn't a kind of push for us to live and let live because I feel like that argument doesn't allow us to feel sympathy or empathy or love for anybody in general to want to understand them in the first place, right? So, I know I have said a lot, and by sharing my opinion and inviting y'all to share your opinions as well, you guys might agree or disagree with some of the things I said, and as always, you guys know that I welcome any of those, right? So please continue to share your feedback with me about the episodes on Instagram. You know, feel free to comment under a post or send me a direct message. Please remember to follow the show on Instagram at S-I-L-S-Y underscore podcast and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Music or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you get notified when I drop new episodes. As always, have a good one, y'all.